Welcome back to another episode of the Goddess Talks podcast with me, Elise 5000. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about what is the purpose of this existence? Yeah. So, Seth, right? Okay, so Seth is a wise, higher dimensional being channeled by a lady named Jane Roberts. This has changed Oprah Winfrey's life. Oprah has been on Jane Roberts since the 70s and... I have this concentrated summary. I'll be I'll be reading from the information from a concentrated summary by a guy named Andy Hughes. And it's just a tremendous source of clear and concentrated information on the nature of reality, the nature of the universe, and how each of us creates our own reality. And so Jane Roberts channeled this information called the Seth material. And she was in a trance and she spoke as a personality called Seth. You can Google it. You can YouTube it. She's, she talk. It's kind of strange, but I love what she's saying, what Seth is saying. So Seth calls Jane's personality Rupert. And then Jane sometimes went off into a different trance state where she spoke as a, a future Seth, which is weird. So all of the answers and information that I'm about to discuss is from the words of Future Seth. And y'all know how I feel about future. Not to say this is the same thing because it's not, but (laughs) future Seth is where this information is coming from. And yeah, this is compiled by Andy Hughes from the Seth materials. So I'm just going to talk about Seth's purpose before we get into the topic, because the topic is what is the purpose of this existence? But before I talk about what Seth said about the purpose of existence, I want to talk about what Seth said about his purpose. So he said, I come here as an endearing personality with characteristics to which I hope you can relate. These characteristics are mine and I am who I say I am. And yet the Seth you know is but a small part of my reality. The one that has been physical and can relate to your problems. There exists what could almost be compared to a psychological and psychic warp in dimensions where Rupert's personality is an apex point at which communication can take place. We want to deal with the nature of reality as it exists within your camouflage system and with other systems and to study the overall characteristics that pertain to it. We will discuss the interrelationship that exists between all systems of reality, including certain contact points that include them all. These various points can be mathematically deduced and will in some future of yours serve as contact points taking the place of space travel in some cases. We will be discussing the laws of the inner universe. They are attempts to explain in words the nature of inner reality. These single dimensional statements are more than are given to most and under the circumstances that we must work are the best approximation that can be made of the basic fact beneath any existence. So as words would give little hint of the reality of color or sound to someone who did not experience these, so words can only give insight into the nature of reality. I've been sent to help you and others have been sent through the centuries of your time For as you develop, you form new dimensions and you will help others. Using your free will, you have made physical reality into something quite different than what it was intended. You've allowed the ego to become overly developed and specialized. You were here, which is Set, which is Seth. It's God of the ego. So that would make sense that this being is Seth. So I'm thinking it's Seth from like Egypt. 
Anyway, Seth says, you were here to work out problems and challenges, but you were always to be aware of your own inner reality and of your non-physical existence. To a large extent, you have lost contact with this. You have focused so strongly upon physical reality that it has become the only reality you know. When you kill a man, you believe that you kill him forever. Murder is a crime that must be then dealt with. Death, however, does not exist in those terms. In the dawn of physical existence, men knew that death was merely a change of form. There is never any justification for violence. There is no justification for hatred. There is no justification for murder. Um, those who indulge in violence for whatever reason are themselves changed and the purity of their purpose adultered. I love how Seth uses the word adultered here because people think adultery is like in the well, in the Bible, people are like, adultery means you cheated on your wife, but that's, I mean, that's a form of adultery, but there's other forms of adultery. So it's like going against the self or whatever, the natural state of who you are. So if you do not like the state of your world, it is you yourselves that must change individually and in mass. This is the only way change will be affected. The responsibility for your life and your world is indeed yours. It has not been forced upon you by some outside agency. You form your own dreams and you form your own physical reality. The world is what you are. It is a physical materialization of the inner selves which you have formed. It is wrong to curse a flower and wrong to curse a man. It is wrong not to hold any man in honor and it is wrong to ridicule any man. You must honor yourselves and see within yourselves the spirit of eternal validity. You must honor all other individuals because within each is the spark of this validity. When you curse another, you curse yourselves and the curse returns to you. When you are violent, the violence returns. I speak to you because yours is the opportunity to better world conditions and yours is the time. Do not fall into the old ways that will lead you precisely into the world that you fear. There is no man who hates, but that hatred is reflected outward and made physical. And there is no man who loves, but that love is reflected outward and made physical. Beyond myself, there is another self and still another of which I'm aware. And that self tells you that there is a reality beyond human reality and experience that cannot be made verbal or translated into human terms. And to that self, physical reality is like a warm breath forming in the winter air. So in general, what is the purpose of this existence? In the most basic sense, the purpose of life is being as opposed to not being. In your system of three-dimensional reality, you are learning about mental energy, also called thought energy or psychic energy, and how to use it. Knowledge about mental energy and its use is learned by constantly transforming your thoughts and emotions into physical form, your physical reality, and then by perceiving and dealing with the matter and events that are formed. From doing this, you're supposed to get a clear picture of your inner development as it is reflected by the exterior environment. You participate in physical realities so that you can operate and experience within this dimension. Here, you can develop your abilities, learn, create, solve problems, and help others. Matter is the shape that basic experience takes when it comes into your three-dimensional system. Your dreams, thoughts, expectations, beliefs, and emotions are literally transformed into physical matter. So how does this work? 
Every nerve and fiber within the body has an unseen inner purpose. Nerve impulses travel outward from the body along invisible pathways in much the same manner that they travel within the body. These pathways are carriers of telepathic thoughts, impulses, and desires containing all the codified data necessary for translating any thought or image into physical actuality, altering seemingly objective events. This telepathy operates constantly at an automatic or subconscious level, providing communication to back up sensory data. Telepathy is the glue that holds the physical universe in position so that you can agree on the existence and properties of objects. In one respect, your body and all physical objects go flying out in all directions from the inner core of the whole self. The physical environment is therefore as much a part of you as your own body. What seems to be a perception, an objective concrete event independent from you is instead the materialization of your own emotions, energy, and mental environment. Events and objects are actually focal points where highly charged psychic impulses are transformed into something that can be physically perceived a breakthrough into matter. The intensity of a thought or image largely determines the immediacy of the physical materialization. All such images or thoughts are not completely materialized in your perception as their intensity may be too weak. So there's an inner ego, an inner self, which organizes unconscious material. And as the outer ego manipulates within the physical environment, so the inner ego or self organizes and manipulates within inner reality. It is this inner self out of massive knowledge and the unlimited scope of its consciousness that forms the physical world and provides the stimuli to keep the outer ego at the job of awareness. The inner self organizes, initiates, projects, and controls the transformation of psychic energy into matter and objects. The energy of this inner self is used by it to form a material counterpart, which is you. You then deal with the physical reality that is made and work out your own creative role. So it is the daily ego's ignorance and limited focus that makes it view so-called unconscious activity as chaotic. The waking ego dealing with physical reality cannot know all the unconscious material directly. So the daily ego is simply not conscious enough to be able to contain the vast knowledge that belongs to the inner conscious self from which it springs. The outer ego is spoon-fed, being given only those feelings and emotions, only the data that it can handle. And this data is presented in a highly specialized manner, usually in terms of information picked up by the physical senses. The inner self is not only conscious, but conscious of itself both as an individuality and as an individuality that is a part of all other consciousness. It is continually aware of both this apartness and unity with. The outer ego is not continuously aware of this fact. It frequently forgets its whole nature. When it becomes swept up in a strong emotion, it seems to lose itself. When it most vigorously maintains its sense of individuality, it is no longer aware of unity with. So if the ego were aware of the constant barrage of telepathic communications that do impinge upon it, it would have a most difficult time retaining a sense of identity. So more about creating and manipulating reality, you must learn to listen to the voice of the inner self and work with it. So that's why Bashar says, follow your highest excitement. You may also simply ask the inner self to make the answers to problems available on a conscious basis. That's, that works. I've done it. 
um, whenever I can't find something, I say subconscious mind, direct me to the keys or whatever I lost. Right. And I just kind of get in this meditative, like no mind, you know, like I'm just not thinking. And then my body just like automatically starts walking to it. And I mean, every single time I find the, I find the keys or whatever. One time I lost my bra and the maid, the cleaning lady put my bra in like my mom's dirty clothes hamper. <laughs> like there's no way I'd ever find my bra ever. No way. Right. So I was like, subconscious mind, please direct me to my bra because I really need it right now. And I just started automatically walking and I just somehow walked in my mom's room. I somehow something told me just stand on the scale. I stood on her scale and then I looked something just like look to the right. I looked to the right. Then something said, move the um, move them pants. <laughs> I moved the pants. They were under the pants on top of her dirty clothes hamper and I was like there's no way I'd ever find this but it yes it does work whenever I say subconscious mind please help me find whatever but I have to go blank once I do it I have to just let myself go and then I just my body's like doing something so anyway you create your reality according to your beliefs and expectations therefore you should examine these carefully if you do not like some aspect of your world, then examine your own expectations. And you know Socrates said an unexamined life is not worth living. See, y'all gonna listen to Socrates one of these days. You know they killed him for a reason. They kill everybody that be having some good information. They don't kill anyone now for having good information because y'all so out of here. <laughs> y'all so trapped in the matrix. They don't even care. They like, they ain't even gonna believe the truth at this point. Go ahead and tell them. They ain't even gonna believe it. You don't even believe in Jesus. Why you got a Jesus piece? So anyway, your world is formed in faithful replica of your own thoughts. So if you think positive suggestions to yourself about a situation, you send telepathic ammunition for positive use. You must learn to erase a negative thought or picture by replacing it with its opposite. You should tell yourself frequently, I will only react to constructive suggestions. This gives you positive ammunition against your own negative thoughts and those of others. So a negative thought, if not erased, will almost certainly result in a negative condition. So say to yourself, this is in the past. Now is this new moment, this new present. I am already beginning to change for the better. Again, you have to say this. That is in the past. That thought is in the past. Now, in this new moment, this new present I am already beginning to change for the better. It does not do to repress negative thoughts such as fears, angers, or resentment. They should be recognized, faced, and replaced. That's what I'd be trying to tell people. Everybody was like, why? My, like, well, okay. I have family members. I ain't going to put him on blast. But they just be like, why you want to go to therapy? Like, why are you always trying to focus on that? Like, just forget about that. And I'm like, no, I have to face it because it's not going to go nowhere. I know that it's going to affect my subconscious um, it's going to affect my behavior. If I don't get this shit out, if I don't face what these things are that I'm feeling, these negative feelings about things that have happened, if I don't face them, it is going to stay inside of me and it's going to affect my behavior. I'm going to do subconscious self-sabotaging things unless I correct this. I have to get it out. But no, and I be I you know, I could I try to get other people to go do cognitive behavioral therapy or to just really face their their trauma and there's even this um 
therapy for PTSD, PTSD, where in order to heal from the PTSD, you have to face the trauma. You have to like relive the trauma and then think about it in a different way. And then it kind of like dissipates. And even if you have like OCD, you have to do a thing called exposure therapy where you're exposed, where you expose yourself to your um, exposure to your fears. So I was watching Obsessed. It was on A&E. It's about people with OCD. And this girl, she was doing this exposure therapy where she was supposed to touch poop because she doesn't want to touch like dirty things. Well, my thing is if I'm not even going to touch no poop, I feel like they went a little overboard about trying to have her touch the poop, but she she didn't do it either. But she was supposed to touch the poop, see that she didn't die, and then wash her hands. But she couldn't bring herself to do it, so she failed. But there's another lady who had, like, feared that she was going to kill somebody. So, <laughs> it, I, I mean, it was really funny. Like, I could not stop laughing. But, I mean, this is a real thing she was going through, but... She had like, she was so scared. She stayed home. She didn't talk to nobody because she was scared she was going to kill them. So the lady took a, took a knife and was gave it to her and was like, stab me right now. She put it to her neck and the lady was terrified and she was like, kill me. Do it right now. She didn't do it. Right. And she was like, I told you, you're not a killer. You're not going to kill nobody. But the lady really was scared she was going to kill somebody. And she kept saying in her mind, like, she kept saying, like, well, what if I just, what if I just ran that man over? Like, what if I just, I could do it. I could just run him over right now and he could die. Like, what if I just stab that girl? Like, like, that was the kind of thoughts that she could not stop having. Like, she just, so anyway, once they exposed her to the fact that she was not going to slit that lady's throat, she was like, oh, okay, I'm probably not going to kill you. Which is weird, but, and then she was healed. So yeah, it does not do to repress negative thoughts, such as fears, angers, or resentments, because they definitely need to be recognized, faced, and definitely replaced. So, and that's cognitive behavioral therapy. That's all that is. So recognize resentment when it is felt, and then realize that resentment can be dismissed. Initial recognition must be made. And I think they call this like, isn't that like repenting? It's kind of like recognizing the wrong behavior or the thought or whatever. But yeah, so you then must imagine removing the resentment by its roots and replacing it with a positive feeling. And that's just like the same thing as, you know, assigning meaning, assigning a positive meaning to something that is neutral, like something bad. But you've labeled it as bad, but really it's neutral. So you can go ahead and assign whatever meaning you'd like to and you need to figure out a good meaning. And I'm telling you, my mom does this naturally. If something bad happens, she will just be like, well, and then she will make up a story about why is that a good thing? (laughs) I used to just be like, why would you do that? But actually it works. So my little negative Nancy self, (laughs) So you must learn to erase a negative thought or picture by replacing it with its opposite. You should tell yourself frequently, I will only react to constructive suggestions. Well, that helps when you're around narcissists. This gives you positive ammunition against your own negative thoughts and those of others. A negative thought, if not erased, will almost certainly result in a negative condition. So say to yourself, that is a past. Now in this new moment, this new present, I am already beginning to change for the better. You must watch the pictures that you paint with your imagination. 
Your environment and the conditions of your life at any given time are the direct result of your own inner expectations. If you imagine dire circumstances, ill health, or desperate loneliness, wow, these will be automatically materialized for, the, for these thoughts themselves bring about the conditions that will give them a reality in physical terms. If you would have good health, then you must imagine this as vividly as you fearfully imagine ill health. I mean, okay. <laughs> you create your own difficulties. This is true for each individual. The inner psychological state is projected outward, gaining physical reality. So whatever the psychological state may be, the rules apply to everyone. Knowing this, you should try to realize what your psychological state is and change your conditions for your own benefit. And I think that this is like psychological warfare. This is thing that people do called psychological warfare. And that is when they try to torment you and get you to think negative things and that way you'll destroy yourself i believe that the system of white supremacy the narcissistic system of racism and white supremacy it's narcissistic and it's psychotic and it's do it's uh narcissistically abusing black people collectively and now black people kind of self-sabotage a lot of times i would see that happening due to the immense bullying the worldwide bullying the hiding of history, the recreation of history that's not even true, and the narcissistic abuse collectively. So anyway, you cannot escape your own attitudes for they will form the nature of what you see. If changes are to occur, they must be mental and psychic changes. These will be reflected in your environment. Negative, distrustful, fearful, or degrading attitudes towards anyone work against the self. So I guess narcissistic abuse as, you know, worldwide racist narcissistic abuse against black people. I guess that is backfires against anyone engaging because negative, distrustful, fearful or degrading attitudes towards anyone work against the self. So if an individual sees only evil and desolation in the physical world, it is because he is obsessed with evil and desolation and projects them outward, closing his eyes to other aspects of reality. I mean... Yeah. If you want to know what you think of yourself, then ask yourself, what do you think of others? And you will find the answer. You, this can't be true. Jesus said only God is good alone. Only, only God uh, is good. Wait. Yeah. Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. True self-knowledge is indispensable for health and vitality. The recognition of the truth about the self simply means that you must first find out what you think about yourself subconsciously. If it is a good image, build upon it. If it is a poor one, recognize it as the only opinion you have held of yourself and not an absolute state. See, here's where I have to say, why would you have a bad opinion of yourself unless someone made you have a bad opinion of yourself? Like, I'm, that's where I'm at with that. You gotta, you know, talk to people. You are not your emotions, they flow through you. You feel them and then they disappear. When you try to hold them back, they build up. You are independent of your thoughts and emotions. You have emotions. You use your thoughts and emotions in your mental composition. You must learn to trust your own spontaneous nature. Your nervous system knows how to react. It reacts spontaneously when you allow it to. It is only when you try to deny your emotions that they become a problem. 
All of nature is spontaneous. Our bodies will be healthy automatically if we do not project false ideas upon them. Oh, Lord. Action accepts all stimuli in an affirmative manner. This is why an illness is accepted by personality structure. And once it secures, a conflict develops. The self does not want to give up a portion of itself, even while that portion may be painful or disadvantageous. Physical symptoms are communications from the inner self indicating that we are making mental errors of one kind or another. Here we go. Let's let me read that again because I'm having physical symptoms with my fibroids. Physical symptoms are communications from the inner self, indications that we're making mental errors of one kind or another. Don't forget that you are part of the inner self. It is not using you. You are a part of the inner self. What you are supposed to do then is change your mental attitude, search yourself for the inner problem represented by the symptoms and measure your progress as the symptoms subside. You sell yourself short if you believe that you are only a physical organism living within the boundaries cast upon you by space and time. You must accept life on its terms and not demand that it behave in certain ways. You must accept life gladly as its own reason and cause within you. Life is abundant, vigorous, and strong. Each of us has our own defense against negative suggestions, and we should trust in our own immunity. You are a unique individual. You form your physical environment. You make and change your world. You are part of all that is. There is no place within you that creativity does not exist. You must live in faith that your purpose is and will be fulfilled. The uniqueness of your own personality is to be cherished. Mm. The particular purpose of your present personality can only be met in the present circumstances in the way that it is best overall. The people that you can help now and the particular good that you can do can never be done in precisely the same way. Throughout the ages, some have recognized the fact that there is self-consciousness and purpose and dream and sleep states and have maintained, even in waking life, the sense of continuity of the inner self. To such people, it is no longer possible to completely identify with the ego consciousness. They are too aware of themselves as more. So when such knowledge is gained, the ego can accept it for it finds to its surprise that it is not less conscious, but more and that its limitations are dissipated. Oh, that's going to help me a lot. <laughs> all right. So that's all I got for you today. With that, I appreciate you guys for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, please do so so you can be updated when I post new episodes. I got a lot of cool stuff on the way. Super, super excited. And with that, as always, peace and love, baby, baby. I'm driving slow in the fast lane. Chop a screw, pop a coating. I make them holler, do little things. I make them call all my name.